Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Love and Miles Sessions Live. we got all kinds of great stuff coming up for you. Coming up in about an hour, we have the legendary Sweet Crystal doing a live band performance. If you've been around as long as I have, and some people have, uh, they've uh, started way back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, and uh, we're happy to have them on here for us. But in the meantime, I actually have an interview with a gentleman named Rick Ventura. He is with the band called Riot Act, which started out as Riot, another band that goes all the way back to the 70s, and um, we're looking at some uh, real history there. But you'll find out more when we check out this interview. sent me is mm-hmm. the band actually originally was just simply called Riot, correct? Years ago, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I think we're almost ready, but I just wanted okay, to cool. get a heads up so I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, Riot started... Uh, 75, it said, right? Very late. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I joined in around 77. We did okay. a number of albums with them, yeah. Okay, all right, we're almost there. Okay, cool. Yeah, once you start seeing that 11 mile session, tell me we're getting close. <laughs> ah, there you go. 11 mile sessions. Yeah, we're actually on 11 mile, literally. That's the name of the street. So. Oh, really? Okay. All right. 11 Mile Sessions Live, welcome back. And as promised, we're doing an interview right now with a gentleman named Rick Ventura. He is from the band Riot Act. How you doing, Rick? Good, Scott. How are you? Ah, not too bad. I don't know how it is in New York. It's like a perfect summer day here. Uh, it's essentially the same exact thing here. Okay. Beautiful, warm summer day and sun. Yeah, great day. All right. Good day cool. to be alive. Yeah, alive anyway. Like every day. Every <laughs> yeah. day is a good day to be alive. <laughs> Woke up on the right side of the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get started. Uh, for our uh, viewers, listeners, whatever, um, tell us how uh, Riot started there. Well, going back to uh, the early days of the band, it started in, uh, it started in Brooklyn in the... Uh, mid 70s or so mm-hmm. um, started on the street in Brooklyn um, Mark Reale started the band uh, turns out he lived around the corner for me <laughs> so I, I, I got to meet him um, from watching him play in various events in the neighborhood and when I found out he lived around the corner from me, I was just like, oh, wow, here's, here's a guy that's into uh, guitar and just just like me. Mm-hmm. And we hit it off and uh, we became friends. And his uh, basement was the place where we all congregated and watched the genesis of Riot from playing covers into an original band. What was the uh, style of music at the beginning? What did you play with? It was, um, they were playing, it was cover material, but on the harder side, bluesier stuff and 
uh, Johnny Winter, Bad Company, Edgar Winter, mm-hmm. um, Montrose, bands like that. It wasn't your typical pop stuff. It was just really high energy rock and roll, and that was the that was what Riot was all about. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you were saying before we started this interview, you joined. Um the band itself like a couple years later after the initial creation yeah yeah i came in on the second album on um narita narita yeah and i did five albums with riot okay and uh luke cavaris who was um in riot act when we first started riot act was the original guitar player on the rock city record uh he had left and i replaced them for their new year album and subsequent albums mm-hmm. okay and then um things started to evolve after that I'm, I'm i imagine because i have seen a couple of older videos eventually oh, yeah. it you started to sound more like what would be termed you know heavy metal but you know back then in the early yeah 80s. the early the early right exactly the, the beginning of the new wave of heavy metal i guess you could say mm-hmm. i mean it's still essentially a hard rock band. Yeah. I mean, metal ev- evolved, mm-hmm. um, but uh, we were picked up by uh, f- fans in England and and Japan. Picked up on the band, and we were thrown in with the uh, the new wave of, f- of heavy metal and and mm-hmm. British heavy metal. So we toured with a lot of the British bands. Mm-hmm. Did anybody ever get confused and think that that was your origin, like you were English? Or I don't think so. I mean, we were a bunch of Brooklyn boys, so <laughs> I don't think they thought. You know, we went to England and we were really received quite well. Yeah, not so much the the bands, I, I would say, but I, I mm. mean the fans. Sometimes fans will say, "Oh, I thought they were from England," you know, or something like that. You know. Yeah, but you know, I'm it's sure so funny when when we meet meet fans. In England, uh, wherever actually, we would say we're from Brooklyn, and they would, oh my God, they had this, this image of like, you know, gangsters. <laughs> I mean, Brooklyn, New Brooklyn, York. Like, oh my yeah. God, what a rough, what a rough crowd you must have been with, and or, or you guys are a rough crowd. You it's know? like, are you connected to the mafia somehow? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's really funny. You would, as soon as you, they heard Brooklyn, I guess they had this old impression of the, of Brooklyn. I still yeah, get this the, the same thing. The movies or whatever. Yeah, I still. Get oh yeah, you get it from Detroit. Same you know, vibe. when I go some <laughs> other countries and I, they, I have a Detroit, Detroit T-shirt, they just go. look at me like, "Oh crap!" Yeah, there you go. Right, <laughs> Detroit, out, right there with Brooklyn. Yeah, stay out of his way. <laughs> right. Or, yeah, and I, I would laugh. You know, it was like, "Wow, you guys from Brooklyn?" It was like, "Whoa, you know, you must be dealing with, you know, God knows who." <laughs> yeah, you got a gun on you, a knife. <laughs> Not the moment, uh, but no. then no, not even not then. then. <laughs> not now or then. Never had. Yeah, well, things were a lot <laughs> different then for both cities. I mean, I, I know New York and Detroit was just a, a jungle. I mean, it still is to a certain extent, but you know, yeah, Detroit. Walking through Central period. Park in the seventies, you know, you just didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And things definitely changed. You know, things have improved. You know, it yeah. goes back and forth. You know, like with every city. Yeah. So it seems like you, th- the way I'm reading this, you know, your your peak, at least the first time, was kind of around like 75, 84-ish, around there. 
And that was yeah. Well, yeah. I guess you know when seventy seven or when the Fire Down Under album came out mm-hmm. eighty. That's uh, really where it was pe- peaking. That album made a mark, mm-hmm. and that's the band is really known for that album. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a shame. I, I I've listened to your stuff. I really like it. I mean, you sound like you fit in with that whole era and that whole thing. Um, it's just uh, for whatever reason you never reached the same uh, heights as some of the other bands that came out back then. And according to this, uh, I know that said members of Iron Maiden and Metallica are big fans of yours. Yeah, there were a number of bands that we influenced, which they were fans of us, and the newer bands later on were influenced by us. You know, mm-hmm. which I learned a decade l- later. You would talk to uh, other musicians, and they had a lot of respect for the band. So. I, I I started to learn that years later, after I was gone, you know, years later I'd run into people or musicians, and wow, you're right, what a great band, you guys should have been the biggest thing, you know, and we were on the verge of it, but if you've read stories about us, we've gone through hell, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the unluckiest band in the world, Classic Rock Magazine did a story on us, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of... Uh, tragedy and unfortunate situations with band that's too bad so a lot of it was just bad luck you know poor bad timing you know wrong place timing and luck yeah but uh i mean the music made a mark and uh still does Mm -hmm. still a lot of young kids that get turned on to the band and they love it so it's very cool to hear that yeah well it seems like you're kind of having a renaissance although you've had a couple hiccups, of course, recently. Um, yeah. They were saying how uh, Eddie Trunk fell in love with you, so to speak, you know, when he uh, came yeah. across. Yeah, he was a, b- a big fan. The, the guys on the metal show, uh, Don Jameson and Jim Florentine and, and Eddie, they were fans of the, of the band, and they always spoke about us. And uh, I remember tuning into their show, and they'd, they'd have a riot shirt on, and... Uh, Eddie Trunk uh, was the host at our induction into the Heavy Metal Hall of History in 2019. And uh, we were uh, invited back in 2020. He was the host there. We were lucky enough to perform two songs uh, with Lou Cavaris, my uh, co-guitarist in this uh, project. And uh, Eddie was loved the band and when we finished playing he wanted to hear more <laughs> more of us he was like wow you guys should really enjoy the band and uh mm-hmm. I, that was our only performance with lou before he passed away that that just sucks so badly that it was COVID, wasn't it yeah it was just it was uh we did that show in january of 2020 and a few months later in march uh COVID was hitting big and unfortunately lou caught COVID and did not make it and it was uh, oh. devastating to my to me and the band in more ways than one of course mm. known each other a long time and it sounds like you were just sure. right there ready to go and it's like nope oh yeah there was such ex- excitement uh, after uh, we were inducted Lou would call me and say hey you know let's get together and do something it was kind of fun we never played together before and 
and in the past I was reluctant to do it. And uh, after that in ceremony, we had a great time, and Lou and I got along so well. And I would go to his house. He'd come over to my house, and we'd just talk about music and guitars in the old days. And and it was just so much fun to play with him. Mm. Yeah, it's really just it's it's really really sad that uh, he was so enthusiastic about the project. And uh, when he when he passed away, it was like I was like just I was blown away. You know, I really was. Um, mm. I didn't pick up the guitar for like two months, and I said wow, you know, maybe this was not meant to be. And, uh, you know, just sat around until the guys in the band, we all got together and said, hey, you know, we should do something because there's a lot of talent here, a lot of music to get out, and they would have wanted it. So that's what, you know, we continued and we did uh, Closer to the Flame. Yeah, uh, let's talk about that now, Closer to the Flame. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that started um, when we decided to go forward. Um, we just focused on a direction for the band, and uh, we we continued as a four-piece band. We, did, we, did, we didn't try to replace Lou, because our guitar sound, I, I think, was kind of unique, and I don't think we would find somebody that would uh, really do justice. Mm -hmm. So... We just proceeded and and uh, and started to write. I had a lot of material written, a lot of ideas, and it was during COVID, so everybody was in their respective homes, and I would send out demos to our singer Don, and uh, that's how the project started. Um, he would I would send demos to him. He would get excited about a song. Said, "Send me more." I'd send him more. Mm -hmm. I sent him like a dozen ideas, and uh, he, he was really receptive to everything and excited about it. And every once in a while, the three of us, the rest of uh, the, the band, which is uh, Paul Ranieri on bass and Claudio Glinsky on drums, we would get together and we work on the music. But we never knew what Don was doing because, you know, <laughs> he was doing his own thing at his home. and uh, yeah. So we go, wow, the music sounds really good. I wonder what Don's, what Don's coming up with. What's he going to be singing over these parts, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was, yeah, it was a, very unusual because I never worked under these conditions. I don't think anybody has. No. You know, you're isolated, usually with a band. You're all, you know, a bunch of musicians together, mm -hmm. you know, close by. You're feeding off each other and coming up throwing ideas. Um, so it was a very different situation but we we made it work and it was very therapeutic for us mm -hmm. uh, and the music just started coming out you know uh, mm -hmm. that's the way it is it was just like uh, cathartic just we just came up with new songs every every week or so there's a new song and we all got excited about it um, and, and worked on it and before we knew it we finished the album <laughs> yeah so uh how do you compare that to like the old way of doing things? I mean, obviously, almost all musicians ha have had to do it the last couple of years the same way you've done this, you know, mm. record. Um, how do you mm. compare it, like, it, in terms of like working uh, parts out, and you know, you're happy with the results? You think it would go have gone uh, about the same if you had done it the old-fashioned way? I don't know. You know. You 
you know, whenever you do a, a project uh, in any artistic way, you, you tend to look back, oh, I should have done this, I should have mm -hmm. done that, I could have done this better, but, you know, it's a moment in time that's captured, um, and sometimes you just leave it at, at that, you know, and sometimes it, it works out for the best. Okay. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm pleased with the album. Okay. Well, that's the main thing. The bottom line is yeah. you're pleased with it. Right. Um, but I guess it had to be different, you know, like you said, those surprises when you'd suddenly get that demo, I guess, however it was sent to you. This is what the singer came up with, or this is what so-and-so came up with. And it's like, oh, wow. Yeah it, was, it, yeah, it was definitely a different, you know, in the old days, we would be together with, all of us would be in one room, let's say, and mm -hmm. uh, sometimes, you know, I would be trying out stuff. We'd be all together, but just, you know, doing everything separately now is a, a bit different and just unusual. So yeah. we had to adjust to it. Well, it's it's like the difference between, okay, it's nice to do it all together because you have that spontaneity. But, um, mm. but if you do it separately, like we're talking about right now, then everybody has a lot more time to, like, really think, okay, what would work best here? You know? mm. So what do you think? Do you like one or the other or both works? You know, it's interesting because it did work this way. It did work. Um, we all listen to each other i think that's an important thing we all respect each other's ideas mm -hmm. um i i remember you know saying to the other guys well, i never worked like this before this is just so weird i'm not so uncomfortable <laughs> with this you know yeah. but then you get used to it and it's just you know it's just a, a new way of doing things you know whether the next album that we do will be the same mm -hmm. uh I, I i doubt it but maybe it will who knows <laughs> Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed that it, yeah. it, if you do it, it won't be by necessity. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll be working on materials soon, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're, we're going to keep going, pushing forward. So there will be more after this here. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's more to come. There's more havoc we can wreak. <laughs> <laughs> You're not that old yet, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like Keith said, there's more. I think he just said recently, uh, it's so much to do, it's too early to die. <laughs> I'm with him because once you stop, that's usually what happens. Right. That's, yeah. That, that's why he uh, he's still alive because he keeps going. You know, I would imagine right. if he had just retired and he was sitting at some really huge farm somewhere, and right. I don't think he'd be with <laughs> us anymore. <laughs> right. right. It's music that keeps you going, definitely. Exactly. That's what kept us going. Yeah. So eventually, then if all this works out as planned you have more new music coming up and uh touring as well yeah that's the exciting part we're finally going to hit the road at the end of august we're going to england mm -hmm. and spain uh yeah we're doing a, a few weeks in england and uh, a week or so in spain mm -hmm. and it'll be our first gig in two and a half years since we performed at the heavy metal uh, hall of history in uh, 2020 yeah. and then we're coming to the states Probably in, like in the uh, fall? September. September? Okay. Yeah, September and mm -hmm. the beginning of October will be touring the States, so that's going to be uh, super exciting. Just uh, can't imagine what it's like to just plug into a, an amplifier and play again. <laughs> it's in been front too of long. people. Yeah, and I'm sure the fans feel the same way. I mean, people mm -hmm. want to go out and see me. I, I want to go. I haven't seen a concert in such a long time. I want to go out and see 
a show and of sort plenty of people want to do that and mm-hmm. shows are opening up and hopefully things stay safe and uh, everything goes yeah. well i i'm kind of like breaking out of of all that too i'm going to a bunch of shows i'm oh, looking for i'm looking forward to um in august uh in detroit uh, blondie and the damned are coming so oh nice i the know damned. that's going to be okay. awesome yeah where are and, they playing uh it's a a wonderful place called the Fox Theater in downtown Detroit. It's Fox a, Theater, cool. Yeah, I don't. You're probably familiar with it. You've probably at least heard of it anyway. But it's a wonderful venue. It seats around five grand, but mm. uh, the, it's a really beautiful place that's been around probably close to a hundred years, and it's it was restored oh, a couple wow, decades nice. ago. And oh. uh, it's got good sound, and the way it's designed, there's really not a bad seat in the house, even if you're at the that's like, back. You know, you're still. That's like the uh, the the Beacon Theater in New York. You know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to be a great show, and then I'm going to actually be heading out to um, England in August. They have what's called the Rebellion Festival, and it's like pretty oh. much anybody that has anything to do with punk, especially uh, European, all comes together over four days, and it's just a a riot. No We're in England, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's actually in a, a city called Blackpool. I've heard of it, sure. Yeah, it's a, it's like one of those places. It's a right off the water. They have a um, year-round like um, place, like a carnival where there's like a Ferris wheel and all this other stuff and attractions. You got uh, little oh, casinos, like, like in like in Brighton, right? Brighton, I remember had uh, amusement park. Many, I mean, a hundred years ago, I think. Yeah, but it's like four days nonstop from like eleven in the morning till two in the morning, and again, it's like it's easier to list who's not playing. Um, oh wow! The Stranglers are actually opening or headlining. Oh really? One, uh, one of the uh, days, and then you know Gary Newman, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's headlining one of the days as well. Oh wow! Sounds like a great festival. Wow. I went there in 2018 and I fell in love with it. And it's, you know, it's like $250 American to go for all four days if you get the tickets early. Uh-huh. And there's no like mafia fees after that, you know? Oh, okay. It's 250 <laughs> plus $10. <laughs> okay. Right, not good. like not like triple the amount by the time yeah, yeah. you get your tickets. I know, I know. That's so insane. They don't allow that in Europe and in England. They don't do that kind of crap there. Thank it's God. crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's a wonder you musicians can even make money anymore because, I, you know, yeah, it I want to. Like <laughs> yeah, I want to charge yeah. 20 bucks for my tickets. Why are you charging my fans 150? You know, right. and it's not even scalpers anymore. It's professional brokers, ticket mm. agencies. It's it's criminal. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> You and I, I go back to the day, like, right. your tickets went for what? Like, no, I started the song. Check. Probably tops, yeah. Check. 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 Two great acts. Check. Check. Yeah. I've collected my Check. tickets since I was like a teenager. Uh-huh. Just go to concerts. Concerts at 6.50. You see the greatest bands on earth. <laughs> 6.50 for Aerosmith. I remember that one for me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I have old Led Zeppelin ticket stubs, and yeah. I hate you. I tried so hard to see you. I have every, I have everything uh, saved. Exactly. Yeah. I tried to see them. They, they broke a record here in Detroit at, uh, in Pontiac in 1977, 
It was the most tickets sold for a single act. Because you remember, eventually, when you saw Zeppelin, they were the only band that yeah, night. I don't know where that came from. It was nothing. It was just mm-hmm. them. And right. it was, it was 77,000 uh, tickets were sold in three hours. Remember, that was back when there was no computers. That I was 77,000 people in one spot waiting in line to see, you know, Led Zeppelin. Oh, mind-boggling, yeah. And they were crying because the tickets were like $15. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> No, it'll be 350. Yeah, little <laughs> did they know, you know, oh, parking's more than 15 bucks now. Oh, yeah, really, just to get there. some of the songs from the first three uh, Riot albums. Uh, Lou and I went through uh, a bunch of songs and we picked what we, songs that we liked and that were fun to play live and songs that the fans really appreciated. Mm-hmm. So we just picked a few from the first three albums and, and recut them, and uh, which was interesting because um, usually you really don't want to do that, you know, touch with mess up something history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah fans you know hold those songs and albums they're sacred to them exactly right if you're gonna recut whatever genre of music whatever you're gonna touch something it's like why are you doing that you know but um it initially started as a six song ep and the record company asked us to do more so we Pick songs. We re- re- remained faithful to the original recordings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guitar solos are a bit different, but uh, one or two songs a slightly d- different intro. But we remained true to the song. And uh, what's interesting is that Don Chapin, our vocalist, was not very familiar with Riot. He had heard a song or two. He knew Swords Tequila. Mm-hmm. Um, so heard I think about that the, one's on there, right? Swords and Tequila? Yeah, yeah. It'd have to be, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so it was interesting to be in the studio with him because he really got to appreciate uh, Guy Speranza and um, got really learned to relate to the songs. He liked his style of singing and writing style, mm-hmm. and he really appreciated it. And he said, you know, I, I, I want to remain true to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a, it was a trip being in in the studio in the, in the recording studio and watching Don sing those songs, and he would say to me, he would say, "Hey Rick, how, how am I doing here?" And it was like, "Oh my God, I feel like I've gone back thirty years of listening to guys singing." You know, he was yeah, yeah he really captured the vibe mm-hmm. of the song. And that's what it was all about. You know, if I thought it sounded, uh, you know, it's kind of lame, I wouldn't even bother doing this. But he really sang his heart out and really paid tribute to Guy and really put the songs across quite well. You felt he did it justice then? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it was like I was thrown back in time in the studio and listening to it. Mm-hmm. It's always good when you can do those kind of things. That's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think the fans appreciate that. And it's the only time they'll get to hear Lou and I play together. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so we saw this recording thing. It's uh, dedicated to him. It's tribute to him. Yeah, it's tragic, but at least you can, you know, think about it. Like, at least he was able to see this happen. He was able to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hall of Fame. At least he got that before, you know. It would have been more tragic. You can get this anywhere, though? Like Amazon? Yeah, I would, yeah, Amazon. And you can check our website, right at .com. Right at, I'm sorry, right at... You can pick up uh, what we're up to. We have a whole series of videos. Uh, called Behind the Curtain where there's interviews with us mm -hmm. and a lot of silliness and uh, all the tour dates and well our videos on there we have three three cool three or more four cool videos that you can check out oh, yeah, yeah. Um, this is pre-recorded of course but after we get off uh, when I replay this uh, in about Oh, about a half hour actually uh, oh. I'm, I'm gonna do a couple of videos and I figured I'd play that oh cool film. I figured I'd play that one from the Hall of Fame so we can check out Rock City and Swords and Tequila. Oh, cool. And, and cool. you said Lou was part of that, correct? Yeah, it's the only performance we ever did with him, you know, so uh, the only time to see him playing, you know, together, us all together. Yeah. So we'll definitely make sure we show that one, and then I was sent nice. a, a couple of other ones, Stand or Fall and uh, Wanted. Oh, yeah, that was our first, uh, the first song we recorded was Wanted. As an original band, and uh, you know, videos out for that too. So that'd be cool to play. Sure, kind of a covers all the bases kind of thing. All right, Excellent. well, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out to do this. I had a great time. I hope you did too. And yeah, uh, I, I had a blast. It was thank you. And uh, when you get closer to the where you're actually uh, touring here in the states, if you're going to come to Detroit, let's hook up again and we can talk I about it. I think we and, are. And then, uh, yeah, I hope you come to Detroit. Sounds good. I think we are. It'll right. still be great. Yeah, you can. You know, you can't skip Detroit. Although I, don't I know, know right? Like, what a rock and roll s city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, skip the one in Oklahoma, but Detroit. Come on, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I know, but you got you a can't few artists. You have a few artists that'll do it. I have no idea why, but it's it is what it is. I, I yeah. think it's more like the behind the scenes promoters that keeps people away from us nowadays. I, I hate to say it. Because it's not oh, the fans. The fans haven't changed. We are like just bothering the mouth for good music. Anytime something comes oh, here, cool. we're all about it. Yeah, see, right. And that's what feeds us, you know. Mm -hmm. all Cities right. like that. So uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll be talking soon. Thanks, okay. Scott. You take care, Rick, and until right, next you time. You too. All right. Thank bye you bye. so much. Bye -bye. Take care. Bye-bye.
gentlemen, please let me welcome to the stage Patches Waldo, Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, Jeff Ting, Bjorn England, and Chris Poland.
Stand on the phone. 
All right. If you couldn't guess already, there was some videos from Riot Act. That was a track called Wanted. And before that, we heard Stand or Fall. And that first one was a kind of a, a medley of three different songs. First two songs were by Riot Act. And, of course, you heard um, uh, what was the track I forget off the top of my head. I got it on one of the other pieces of paper. Let's see. Ah, Rock City. I should have remembered that. <laughs> we are Detroit Rock City, aren't we? And Swords and Tequila, followed by Paranoid. And I don't have to tell you who those other clowns were. If you don't know them by now, you've been sleeping under a rock. Anyway, we're almost there. Coming up in a few minutes, we got a live band performance for an hour with Sweet Crystal. But before that, we're going to do a couple of tracks. We're going to do a video by Tiger Sax, a track called Fuck You. Yeah, that, that's the name of it. But, hey, it, it is a really good song. And they're going to be playing the Corktown Summer Days Festival this Saturday at PJ's, 9 o'clock. 60 bands, 60-plus bands, playing at PJ's Lager House, McShane's, the Gaelic League, and Nancy Whiskey. It is for a good cause. It goes to Four Paws, One Heart, all the proceeds. Um, they're the ones that uh, foster cats and dogs, find them a home, and provide medical treatment. I was going to try to do a spotlight on that festival, but there's just way too many great bands to even attempt that. Uh, look in the Metro Times. They got an article this week about it. Go to Facebook, Corktown Music Fest. Find Corktown Summer Days. It gets... Everything, all the info you need, including the schedule, and you can go from there. So let's check out the uh, Tiger Sex video, and after that I'm going to finish off with most of Sisters of Your Sunshine Vapor, track called Girl of a Thousand Voices, and that's going to take us to Sweet Crystal Live. Alrighty.
All right. That was kind of a trip, wasn't it, folks? Oh, I love it. <laughs> Speaking of trips, we're going to take another trip now. In the studio, as promised, we have the one, the only, the legendary Sweet Crystal, who are going to entertain you with some great music for the next hour. We're looking forward to it. Uh, all right. What are we uh, going to start with? Well, Scott, we have a, a couple of songs that we run together that seem to kick off most of our shows very excitedly. Oh. The first one's Fanfare to get it going. And a friend of ours by the name of David Perez, who lives down in Ohio, wrote the second one for us for our quad CD. So we like doing it so much we put it right at the front of the set. Thank awesome. you for having us here, man. That's oh. a, what a neat place. I haven't been here in years. And it, you've like expanded exponentially. Yeah, we cleaned house a little bit. Nicely done. <laughs> Nicely done. All right, my pleasure. Let's get started. Sweet. Life for all men, and we know he will never 
start to see Sweet Crystal live in the studio. You know, you actually kind of look like you actually know what you're doing there, Mark. So close. Wow. So mm -hmm. close. <laughs> How many years have you been playing keys? The band, Sweet Crystal, has been together since 1974, 75. Wow. I knew it was the 70s, but even yes. early 70s. Steve Weezer on drums, Bill Blatt on guitar. Myself started this way back, right out of high school. Marty's been with us almost... Five years, maybe, now. Oh, he's bass player number 13. He's, this is the la longest a bass player has ever lasted. I love that us. number. No. So this isn't like a spinal tap thing where the bass player finally, keeps dying? It finally stopped. <laughs> so you're the new kid on the block, huh? Yeah. And the youngest. Yeah, rub it in. Not yeah. much. <laughs> you know. Hey, isn't that funny? Like when you're a kid, you always brag about how you're older. You know, I'm older than you, you know. Then then you get to a certain age, you know, it's like, no, I'm younger. <laughs> and you go out of your way to brag about that. <laughs> it really is just a state of mind. I mean, we love doing what we're doing, and we've been doing it so long, it's just, it just feels good. This is who we are, and this is what we represent. It keeps you young, you it know, does. especially, you know, spreading the word and music, definitely. For me, it's music, you know. I appreciate that, and that's something that's kept us going all these years. The music, the message has really been a mission for mm -hmm. us. We stopped playing live for maybe about a decade, but we kept working in the studio doing projects and such. 
So but, um, Sweet Crystal was never gone. It was never gone. We just quit playing live. There wasn't a lot of places to play mm -hmm. during the 90s into the beginning of the, the, the new century. So mm -hmm. we just did soundtracks and commercials and variety of stuff just to keep our licks up. And it wasn't until about 2004 or five that we came back out, started to do benefits for Wounded Warrior and veterans organizations. Oh, nice. So we got kind of back nice. together just for that, and we've been playing again ever since. Well, it's great that something like that was able to lure you yes. back in, you know. Good Very cause. Cool. That's great. Well, I'm glad that they've got videos that can, you know, not videos, but uh, venues is what I'm trying yes. to say, right. that can support things like this now again. Nice. It, it does come and go, though. I, I, I've been around a long time. Not quite as long as you guys, but, Easy. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm younger than yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I, I'll blink and I'll be there, too. It, you know? sure. it, it, uh, it goes faster every single year, doesn't it? It's an amazing thing. I think our parents used to tell us that, those kind of stories. And you just kind of go, time doesn't speed up. It just, it's time. Yeah, but it's not true. Especially like when you're in school, grade school. Doesn't it seem like um, the you know like uh, January and February and March and leading up to the end of school just took forever. Summer, of course, would just fly by like yes. like that. But it's an interesting phenomenon. I'm not sure what causes it, but I think as you get older, you become more respectful of everybody's time mm -hmm. and realize that it's a finite amount. Oh yeah. And that makes it seem to go by much quicker. Especially when you know it's like, okay, um, how far I've come, I've got a lot more road behind me that I, than I do in front of me. That's an interesting way to look at it, that's true. Yeah. So. All right. So let's see. That's going on 50 years then. Five decades. Reaching the world yeah, one time. Flies. <laughs> wow. So you belong in at least a couple of Hall of Fames by now, then. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, if nothing else, we'll go in and clean them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Probably know everybody that's in them. <laughs> Good rates. It is. No, it's a, and like I said, it, this just keeps you young. We just love playing. And you know, back in the day when we first started, it was it was a full time gig for us. We played five, six, seven nights a week, three to five sets a night because you made a living at it. Yeah. Uh, in the 70s into the 80s. You mean they actually paid you back yes, then? Yes, back then they actually yeah. paid musicians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now they ask us to buy tickets <laughs> to yeah. see ourselves. Yeah. Isn't that criminal? That, that, no, that, I'm worth it. I'll, I'll pay for me every time. <laughs> Good. That blows my mind that people have the audacity to do that. Heard about that back in L.A., back in the 80s. You heard about pay to play, and I just thought, wow, what that really? is such a weird thing. Good yeah, but that's where it first started back in those dates with like Motley Cruz and stuff, uh, playing up and down the, the strip. And I always thought, who would ever do that? Yeah. And now I'm doing it. How much did it cost us to play here today? That was, that was quite a chunk of change. Thank you very much. Well, <laughs> you see that big guy over there? He, you you got to talk to him before yeah, yeah. you're able to leave. And yeah, we'll right. figure it out. Right. <laughs> All right, what do we have now? Oh, another song from the, our most recent CD is called uh, Seventh Heaven. Mm -hmm. And it's, Amazingly enough, our seventh CD. Ah. If you go back and look at how we named all our CDs, you'll begin to see the pattern. Ah. We're already up to 13 in our head, so we'll keep going. At but this, is one of, this was the title cut from the, uh, the Seventh Heaven CD. We once thought, being a Christian band, it's very easy to talk to other Christians about who we are and what we believe. But a lot of times, you think about what Jesus did for us on the cross. Well, what comes after that? What are we supposed to do with that now that we know and, or we mm -hmm. believe that? We just wonder what what comes next so we wrote a song about that called on the other side of calvary and that's what this is 
distant trumpet A call to arms from far away Just felt a gentle stirring Deep within my heart today And I knew, Lord, it was you Calling out to me Jesus, I don't understand How I fit within your plan Make this world a better place by loving all the human race But it's hard to see How you need me When I'm buried in my sin On that tree, Lord It died for me I guess that's where I'll begin On the other side of Calvary What a glorious place to be Right back to the Welcome to come along. Yes. I You're might invited. just do that. Mm -hmm. You are invited. All right. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys have a video for that, don't you? The other side of Calvary has a, yes, a lyric video. And we took a lot of stills from 
live shows from the band and, and married it in with that. So it, it was a lot of stills, a lot of lyrics, and then the chorus is always done over at the Diesel Lounge, and so we took that footage too. So we just oh, kind of okay. combined a lot of things on that one, just because a lot of times lyric videos don't have anything to do with the band. It's like pictures and things behind it. So we thought, well, if we're using pictures, why not pictures of us? That would make sense. I mean, so you're not into that whole flashy stuff like MTV where you do a, a dance number and all that good stuff and dress in sequins. He, he does. And <laughs> oh, no, wait. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> well, actually, if you, ah. go back, if you go back to the videos from the 70s, oh, yeah. you might be very surprised at what you see from these guys back then. Oh, I don't <laughs> think I would be. Yeah. <laughs> Things were very, like, um, what am I, not androgynous. Everybody really misuses it was that theatrical. word. It was, it was a lot yeah. more theatrical. You put, you, you put more emphasis a lot of times in the show along with the music. And yeah. we still do, but, you know, we no longer fit into those bands. Well, he still fits in his spandex, but the rest of us can't. So. <laughs> <laughs> The only one that I don't the, know if it's a good the, thing. The only one that's kept his girlish figure out that's of the it. four, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, back then it was a lot of flash, a lot of dress. Um, even would you say that you even dressed like an, in the category of glam? Even or? I'd say so. Um, I myself personally loved Freddie Mercury. Uh, I took a lot of my he was amazing. movements from oh, him, okay. and he so yeah, I just adored the, his music and his personality. So yeah, I would say there are there are some videos of us that are very glamish. <laughs> nah, I I thank God I was able to actually see them on the last yes. two tours that they came to Detroit. Just an amazing fellow, amazing artist. Wow. Well, we uh, patterned a lot of our original music even when we first started out. We listened to mostly. UK and English bands, mm -hmm. you know, Pink Floyd, Genesis, some very esoteric bands like Atomic Rooster, and hmm. uh, and that's how that's who we listened to. As a matter of fact, the first song we ever learned as a band and played at a biker bar in Detroit was "Echoes" by Pink Floyd. Oh wow! We learned the whole <laughs> B side of that album as our very first song, and it went over pretty well, probably because the amount of drugs all these bikers were doing <laughs> at the time. But that's how we started off. It was starting with that big piece of music and we just kept going ever since. I still hear an influence, you know, listening to their music now. I, I can still okay. hear like the 70s British, like I said, I, I think of Genesis a little bit when I hear your stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Well, we so. don't, we don't follow any Particular. trends. You yeah. know, we don't follow any trends. We just play who we are. It's what comes natural. And right. Uh, if we like it, we, we hope somebody else will like it too, but we mm. really just spent, we, we still rehearse, mm -hmm. uh, practice every week. And we have for yeah. 50 years, and a lot of bands practice once a week or t once a month or once every three months. But we get together or every week, whether we have a gig or not, just to work on new songs and mm -hmm. and just because of the camaraderie, com com camaraderie, camaraderie. Wow. Easy for me to say. You're welcome. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> just because we we love each other. We're yeah. just we're just good godly men, and we like being in each other's presence. Oh, that's great. I mean, you, you hear all the time about these bands. The only time that they do practice is when the tour is about to begin, because they have to. And the check is coming, you know, that kind of thing. But right. you do it because you love it. You said you started out in high school. I imagine um, did uh, some of the things start out in church as well? No, oh. I don't think anybody did. I Believe it or I not? Was, when I was seven years old, I did. I had a first solo as a singer, and, and my mom said, I think Jesus loved me. And, mm -hmm. you know, Steve, Steve and I were in bands when we were in high school. Yeah, these guys I, started I met him together. when we were 16 and 17. Uh -huh. Then once uh, we got out of, uh, once we graduated, it was about a year, there was a lull. Uh, Steve came on and called me and said, hey, you want to start a band? I, mean, I was about to call you. So I know of a keyboard player. And he, he, was, he was meeting Mark. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So we got together our first time over at his parents' house, and from there then on, we stuck together. There was, there was a, a mesh. There. Wow. So yeah. much that his parents finally asked us to move out. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You guys can still play, yeah. just not here. <laughs> not here. It's time to take your act on the road, any road, 14 miles right out there. <laughs> oh, that's great. So seven records, and I imagine those things are um, available pretty much anywhere, Absolutely, everywhere. Absolutely, yeah. We've 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 been very vocal online about it. Uh, you know, Bandcamp, Reverb Nation, our mm. own www.sweetcrystal.com. What's interesting about our marketing technique is we usually just give our music away to people because mm-hmm. of the nature of the music and the fact that we hope that people will walk away from a Sweet Crystal song or a Sweet Crystal show feeling better about themselves with. We try to write every song that presents an issue and then presents a solution at the end of the song so that every song is ends uplifting. It, I don't want to sound like Pollyanna or something, but we just yeah. try to write songs that every song you listen to will make you feel good about something. And whatever mm. you happen to be going through, mm. one of us has probably already gone through it. And we just have found the light at every tunnel. And that's what we try to represent with who we are. So if people come up to us and they, they like what we're doing, if they want a CD, we just give it to them. If they want to donate to the band to keep our thing going, that's fine. But, mm-hmm. you know, God's blessed us. And we mm-hmm. just have this music to give away. So whenever we can, that's what we do. That's nice. You know, there should be more people like you in the world. Everybody always has something to say, and it's it's mostly negative now. Everybody complains. Everybody, you know, talks about everything that's wrong about this world. But nobody comes up with solutions. Nobody comes up with like, oh, well, okay, this sucks, but what are you going to do about it? <laughs> you know? Yeah, you do have to step up, and that's, and that's kind of the mindset of the band. We actually wrote a song when we ran into somebody who didn't want to hear about God, didn't want to hear about, didn't have a good experience with church, mm-hmm. and you may know somebody like that in your family or friends or somebody you work with, and we thought, well, how do we help them? Well, it's very evident that they're hurting, yeah. you know, that something's really bothering them, mm-hmm. and they don't want you to preach at them, so what do you do? So we wrote a song about that. It's called When I Tell You I Love You. And that was, we realized that's how you reach them. You just let them know that you love them. It's not our job to save them. Mm-mm. It's just our job to love them. And, you know, the Holy Spirit, God will come in and do the rest. Nice. He does the heavy lifting. We just look good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get the red carpet part, you know? <laughs> Well, probably now that I said that, not anymore. Sorry. (laughs) 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 Okay, so what do we have now? Another one. Well, we talked about our um, we talked about our love for the men and women of the armed forces. We we really got together because of that. We have a song that we wrote. It's all about the men and women that put themselves in harm's way for us, but it's also about their families that stay behind when they have to go off and defend us, because sometimes the sacrifice of the families while their loved ones are gone is every bit as hard for them as it is for the ones they're leading. And so this is a tune we wrote, features a tremendously cool guitar solo from Billy. It's a song entitled Warriors. the night 
return home safely. I welcome you back to friendly shores. And I pray you know God is with you to give you shelter from your storms. I'm sending out a prayer for all the mothers worried for their children every day. Shedding a tear that no one sees Crying out for your sons and your daughters Lord, please send them home to me And I will
the men and women of the, of the armed forces. Live in the studio, Sweet Crystal. All right. So I don't know if they can see that behind you there, but that has kind of some information there. Sweetcrystal.com. That's where most uh, people that are interested would find out anything they need to know about you, right? Yes. And the one bad thing about making a banner, hmm. we've got six releases. Oh, wait, we've got a new one. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Man. Cost a few dollars to redo it, doesn't it? Yeah. It's called a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Just start slapping on the new nice. ones, you know? Because you said you're going to do 13, right? Yeah, we're, we're going to keep going. Best of. Interesting. You know, thir the number 13. Most people consider that unlucky. Yeah. Uh, it happens to be one of the lucky numbers for my wife and I. We've always talked about it. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, and that's a superstition. I mean, it so is. It, it is. If you believe in that, well, then call us. I've read many things. Uh, I, I heard, uh, I read one, one place one time that something about the Black Plague was associated with the number 13. Whoa. So from there on, they said, okay. oh, heck no, I'm not going anywhere near that. You know, But, you know, it's like you said, it's superstition. 13's yeah. always worked for me, too. Usually it seems to, you know, bring me good. So I try to ignore those kind of things. The same with the Black Cat, the Black Cat, you know. <laughs> you got a Black Cat, don't you? Not anymore. Oh. Oh. Yeah, he died on the 13th. It was bad luck for the cat, not him. <laughs> Did we happen to mention that uh, it's Steve's birthday today? Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Steve Arino. Kiddo. All right. How old are you, 45? Seven. <laughs> 47. <laughs> well, what I was going to do, but I'm not going to do it. We'll just leave it at seven. What I was going to do is put a candle in this. Light it and hand it to him because he needs a cake. But we're gonna wait till after the show. But I just wanted to show you that there's oh, a cake. I brought him a piece of birthday cake he for tonight, did. so we didn't forget him. How old is that? Uh, the cake. How old is it, that cake? As old as you are. Remember we did that show at the Phoenix oh or what it was, and I think I had an anniversary. I think it's from that. Like five is that ago. getting cut four ways or more? No, I got more. We got more people here. I got more. I got plenty. Oh. I got plenty. Because I know those guys in the sound room, they'd fight over that. So you got to make sure you got enough. Actually, for Steve's wife sent a bucket of goodies. Oh. Have, have you seen that? No. Oh, it's huge, man. It's filled with so much sugar well, in different forms that you can't believe it. So thank you, George Weezer, for doing thank that. Thank you, Georgia. So it's here somewhere, unless, of course, they've already gotten it. And right. that's why things are going so good back there, right? Or, wait, who brought it? Did, did he eat it? He brought it. He, he brought it for himself because he didn't think we'd remember. <laughs> Yeah, it's already we'll gone. We'll just have to hit him up in the parking lot to make sure we get some. That's all. Yeah, I forgot that you mentioned that uh, from the get-go when we scheduled this uh, particular performance. I was you really said, pleased that he said he didn't mind doing this because you know birthdays are pretty special. Yeah, mm. I just said, are you sure you want to play a gig so on your birthday? So that was very cool that he agreed to do that. It depends on the person, I guess. Like <laughs> me, I, I really don't care about my birthday. You know. I'm good because I missed it this year. I missed. Sorry. Well, next time, right. but you know, I'm just I'm just glad every day that I I woke up on the right side of the dirt. There That's all go. I care about. You know. <laughs> You know, I've been granted one more day, so thank you. And that's a present. That's why they call it a present. Yeah. yeah, you don't realize that till you get older. It's like when you're young, it's you're invincible. You're going to be around forever, and then one day you wake up and like, oh. What I, I think one of the I'm still breathing. One of the things we've learned along the way is don't take anything for granted. No, we don't yeah. take it. We don't take anybody or anything for granted yeah, anymore. I was going to say not just you, but your loved ones. And the last two years have taken a toll on everybody. I've lost quite a few people out of our 
kingdom here. I think it'd be hard to find anybody that didn't lose at least one person because of this whole thing. Seriously. Right. You know, it's like, um, yeah, actually the first uh, two people that my uh, roommate and I knew personally was um, the cantor and his wife at the church we attend. Oh. Uh, they, they were older. They were in sure. their 80s, but... Um, uh, the, the wife was already compromised. She already had some health issues, and she passed pretty quickly from it. This was like at the very beginning of the pandemic. And like you hear stories about all the time, and he lasted maybe another week after that. It was like, no, they're, they're together now. That, yeah. And see, that's a sweet way to look at it. And those, of, and those of our friends that are believers like we are, then we know where they're at. And we know, and, and, and it sounds cliche, but they are at a better place. And they got to get away from what these last two years was like, and who knows what's coming next. So I, it's bittersweet when you lose somebody, but you think, oh, I can't wait to join them down yeah. the road, you know? Yeah, especially when, you know, they were probably, I think they were married something like 60-plus years. Nice. So, oh, I mean, good life. Nice. You know, yeah. they were granted that. I mean, you can't complain no. about that. You can't. No. That's and sweet. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's starting to look like the apocalypse, isn't it? It's like every, every three hours, there's another mass shooting. You know it's what's like, interesting is, and I'm sure people have said that over the centuries. I'm sure everybody's looked at their, their current situation and gone, oh, this yeah. is like the end of days. Yeah, And yeah. you think it can't get any worse, and it just Does. gets worse. Yeah, and, it just and, gets worse. and eventually gets better. I mean, again, we're it talking will. about the Black Plague. I mean, Europe lost 50% of its population. You know, and then uh, there's times during the major wars, like World War One, World War Two, the Holocaust, all that stuff. Um, yeah, well, we are a fallen race, and that's so uh, we we reap what we sow. But luckily, <laughs> what we sing about, and, and apparently what you believe in too, is that yeah. there is there is light at the end of that tunnel. There is hope, and that's what you have to hang on to, even through the darkest of days. That there's mm -hmm. light. Yeah. A little bit of light will blow out the darkness, but no darkness can can stop light from doing its job. Well, I, I don't normally talk about this, but if you'll indulge me, gentlemen. Love to. Because um, this pertains to, like, your beliefs and the, what we're talking about. Um, I've always been on the fence as far as, you know, uh, the Almighty. And um, I still don't necessarily believe that God is specifically what man thinks God is. I think that we have a good interpretation, but we don't know. We'll no, know, we don't. We'll know in the afterlife. Um, but that being said, real quick, I fell ill. Um, I contracted the hepatitis B and all kinds of issues. I ended up in ICU several times over a couple of months. I had a team of doctors working on me at Henry Ford. They basically gave up on me toward the end, and it was like the Grim Reaper had his foot in the door, and they told me to arrange for hospice, and they sent me home. That was five years ago. Five years. So you never found the hospice number, so just, just <laughs> leave it up the side. No. I, wow. but I, Congratulations. Yes. What a cool story, man. But there's no explanation. They, they, you know, we're talking about world-renowned experts wow. who put their hands up and said, I don't think we can do anything for him. He's gone. And um, Put you in a medical book, buddy. You know, I sat at home, and it took me a year and a half to get better and heal. You wouldn't have recognized me. I looked like an Ethiopian. You know, I'd lost all my body mass. I had no muscle. I, I had, somebody had to help me open a water bottle. I couldn't walk. I mean, 
<laughs> and, yet you're, and yet you're back, which means God still has a purpose for you, because otherwise he could have just taken you home and that would have been the end of the Boatwright saga. Yeah. But instead, I'm here, here to sp not only spread the word, but yeah. spread the music. That's good. <laughs> uh, well, God bless you. It sounds like you already did, but that's what a cool yeah. story, man. Yeah, yeah very I thought good. you'd like that. That is nice. Thank you. And that's how it works. It, yeah. You know, people are <laughs> called experts by other people. You know, God is the only one that really has it all together for us. Pretty well, we're much. Lo we're looking at a miracle right here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Totally true story. Nice. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> all right. Let's get to some more music. Another song? Yep. Well, we talked about the uh, warriors, the men and women of the armed forces. We're going to do a song about a different type of warrior. This is a warrior for God. And somebody once told me when they heard this song, they thought we were talking about prayer warriors. And I never thought of it like that. And I thought, you know what? If I think of it like that, that's kind of cool. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll put a little more heart into this, but this is a tune entitled Soldiers of the Crown. This is also from the Seventh Heaven CD.
Different type of soldier. <laughs> Sweet Crystal live, 11 Mile Sessions live. All right, I'm hey, having a good time. Let me ask you a question. Sure. This uh, Corktown event. Yes. On Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. Is it a big deal? I think so. I think Just so. Just a slightly big deal. They wrote it up in the free press. I saw it at the Metro Times. <laughs> and I saw my name in there and I went, yeah. So thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. My pleasure. That actually hit me uh, this afternoon. Somebody forwarded that Metro Times ad. That was nice. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, just a few years ago, all I was doing was standing there in the audience, you know, enjoying a festival of that type. It's like, wow, I wonder if, you know, what would I do if I put together something like this? You know, I wonder if I could do something like this. And then fast forward and it's like, wow, <laughs> I'm actually doing it. This is actually the second of two. I, I did it in the first weekend in March, and it was nice. like just about as big, yeah. But it is for a good cause. It's for Four Paws, One Heart. It's a 501c uh, charity. They provide um, foster, you know, they placement for cats and dogs, medical treatment, and we were able to raise thousands of dollars the last time. And that was after paying the people that needed to be paid and everything. That's fantastic. And me, That's my, awesome. meanwhile, I don't take a penny from it. I just do it for the cause. Because you got a good heart. Let's yep. go. Yep, yep. But uh, somebody I know is actually playing that festival. Uh, thank you very much for asking me. Of course, uh, <laughs> these guys actually have uh, other things they're doing. So you were nice enough to ask me to do one of my solo but never alone sets mm -hmm. at the Gaelic League. And I've never been there, and friends of mine have been there. And they said, are oh, you going to love it when you get there? So that's oh, yes. Saturday night at 9 o'clock. I'll be doing... Sweet crystal music, basically, but just mm -hmm. by myself. But what's nice is that I've got the backing tracks from these guys, uh -huh. so it still yeah, sounds absolutely. like us. Yeah. It's a lot of, the only difference is there's no guitar lead, so I get to pretend like I'm a guitar player wow. and put that in. But other than that, it's the same song, same message. It's just a little different delivery. But I feel blessed now that uh, I retired from my day gig a few years back that I can get back out and play with these guys and then do solo shows when mm -hmm. I can get to places that they all can't. And we can mm -hmm. continue the music, the message, getting mm -hmm. out to the people. So I, I appreciate you inviting me. It's the first time I've ever been there and the first time you're I've ever welcome. been to this festival. So, Oh, yeah, you're, you're definitely going to enjoy it. And again, you're going to enjoy the Gaelic League. Nice. Definitely, yeah. So am I going to have to worry about this guy? Am I going to have to put him in a cage oh. so he doesn't get too crazy <laughs> or what? Oh, no. Stay down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> What you see is what you get. <laughs> that's it's quite. True. It's a. It's a little more frightening to do it by yourself. Uh -huh. I have to tell you that. That's one thing I've noticed about doing this. I. I can't make a mistake and pretend it was him. <laughs> <laughs> you know? He does that all the time. Uh, doesn't I, he? I do, but it's usually me. So it's <laughs> like I, I, ha I don't have anywhere to hide at this point. You know? Ah, safe without a safety net. Yeah, yeah. you got to do it once in a while. <laughs> that's okay. He'll be. He'll be with you. He'll help you. And we're there in spirit. Yeah. There you go. But uh, next time I put together the same thing, you got to do all four nice. of you then. We also do a, 
a, more of an acoustic stripped down version. We call it Sweet Crystal Light, which mm -hmm. works out real well. Um, and basically uh, more acoustic guitars and, and Steve will bring out the djembe or bongos and, mm -hmm. and we scale it way down for depending on the venue and it works out really well. Yeah. You know, but you really have to know your part because there's no sequencing, there's no anything. And of course the big Sweet Crystal show when we get to do big venues and have a lot of time, I bring in the computers and the backing and the, mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. So we have probably four different versions of the band that we can play, depending on where we got to go. You, you know? have to be. You it's have to be versatile, cool. you yep. know, because yep. you get phone calls all the time. It's like, I need a band, or, but now we can't yeah. do it that way for whatever reason. You just don't have the room or you just don't have the sound equipment. And we've stripped whatever. it down. Billy and I will do a, a, a duo, <coughs> which yeah. is nice. Yeah. And there was one time when Bill was having a health issue that the three of us did a trio, yeah. which is interesting because I think... I, I think that was the only time we ever did that because we were already mm -hmm. committed to a, a benefit. Is most of the places we play are for benefits. I have mm -hmm. to say that about the band. Uh, we we no longer do this as a, a living or to to make money per se. We do it to show up somewhere that by us being there, something or someone is being benefited. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we continue to this day to be able to do shows because right. we always do it for somebody else yeah it's kind of too late to worry about getting rich and having mansions and all that good stuff so <laughs> well it's not too Already late got them. not too late yeah we got them. well wait a minute build mine in the sky that's yeah. right <laughs> you, you just have your eye on the prize the kingdom upstairs yeah, right, right. Right. everything yeah. we do here is just icing on the cake and i love cake so ah cake i can't <laughs> wait I know, it comes up constantly at my house. I'm getting hungry now. So I think, we might, I think we might be able to squeeze in two more, if you don't mind. Can we do that? Well, how about if we do one long one? Ah, uh, we could do one long let's one. Let's do one longer one, because are we done at eight? I, it, it does. Okay, yeah, okay. let's do Foot Seven of the Cross then. Let me real quick introduce everybody again. Marty yep. Cooker on bass guitar, yeah. Bill Bladder on guitar, Steve Weezer, the Bertha Boy on drums. My name is Mark Andrew Speck. This is a song that features Billy on slide guitar. It's a lot of fun for us to play, but it, it's, it's an exciting song. Uh, the story behind it is you woke up in the morning and realized just how rough or bad your life was. And it wasn't until all of a sudden you came to the foot of the cross that you finally got a hand up. And that's what this song is all about. Mm -hmm. But we thank you. If we can end the same way we end all our shows, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Thank you. Cost. Better bring all your troubles, your treasures, and count, count 
Overnight, introspection, reflection, and prayer finally gave me all right. And just when I thought I had nothing left to learn, you know what? I heard that small voice say, Now it's someone else's turn. At the foot of the cross, the foot of the cross, salvation, redemption, this new life. Baby, this is what it will cost. Troubles and treasures and count them, count them as loss. The foot of the cross, the foot of the cross. Now listen, I wake up each morning, I'm a born again man. I've learned to live this life with a purpose, a goal, and a plan. That door is wide open, it's your turn to step across. Come in and join us at the foot, at the foot of the cross. You there. Look at that clock. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got 40 seconds. Pretty good timing, eh? <laughs> 